The inmates are running the asylum. This world is nothing but an insane asylum. The spirit of anarchy, the in-your-face attitude, the family unit is being attacked left and right. <clears throat> Everything that used to be considered right is now wrong. What used to be, in light of God's word, considered wrong is now right. Our children are being force-fed teachings that are perverse and contrary to the word of God. Do you ever feel like you get a truckload of trouble that comes to your house on a weekly basis. And all the problems of the world are dropped off in your front yard. You see the mailman coming and you hide because you're afraid of what he or she might bring you. You almost don't want to go to work because you're worried. I had to come to church to find out Lee got a job. When did this happen? Was it? No, no. I mean, it was confirmed? Oh, I thought it wasn't. Uh, <clears throat> you know there's a delay button up here. It just takes a while to catch up with the rest of life. I'm serious. But uh, you're afraid to go to work because you're afraid to hear, sorry, your time is up. And at the end, we're going to pray if you need a job or a better job. Not because you want more money to spend more, but you really need more help. And many times you feel like, I can't handle one more problem. Do you know what Jesus said? In this world, you will have trouble. Now that's a scripture verse we'd like to pass over, but don't. Because that's only part of the verse. The other part is but I have overcome the world. We've got to maintain a faith and a confidence in God that he's in charge. Listen, don't worry about the politicians and where they sit in their titles. They're, they're, they're not ruling. Only God rules. They're there for a while. When God is through with whoever's in office, he'll get rid of them and put somebody else in there. But God rules. What we need to do is, how do we handle adversity? Do they serve a purpose? Are difficulties of any value? Don't think immediately in the negative because, though God slay me, said Job, yet will I trust him. I've not met an individual yet who has met in life what Job did. Lost his children, lost his possessions, lost his family. His own wife went against him and said, curse God and die. Not much help there. Lost his health. But one thing he did not lose. Even if God were to take my life, I will still trust him. That's the kind of rock-solid faith that you and I need to go through this life until Jesus calls us home. I've said it many, many times from these pulpits. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Oh, but that day when Jesus comes and calls us home, the old hymn says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Look at it this way. 
you're only going to be here for 80 or 90 years. Most of mine is gone. I've got maybe 15 or 20 more to go unless Jesus says, sorry, pal, you're coming home with me tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Although I did promise my wife she's going first and then I'll follow. I said I will never leave her alone on this earth. And what, what we need to do is grip onto God's Word, which is the basis of our faith. So I ask you a question. What do you do when you don't know what to do, but you know you need to do something? So where do we go for an answer? To the Bible. You'll turn with me this morning to the second book of Chronicles, <clears throat> chapter 20. Second book of Chronicles, chapter 20. God bless the musicians. I was blessed this morning. Guitar player, piano player, the drummer, all of your voices. What a beautiful blend. Air-conditioned church, so beautifully painted. What a great job you folks did. <laughs> Chapter 20, second book of Chronicles. This is a true story of a man who had overwhelming odds come against him. You know, if it's one-on-one, -on -one, that's fine. Maybe two against one, but when you read the odds that Jehoshaphat faced, you say, Lord, stop the world, I want to get off. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Melonites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Now, now look at this. This is why I love to read the Bible. Now, I, I got a lot of good books that I've read in life, but the Bible tells the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Look at this. Look at what the Bible says. All of these armies are coming against Jehoshaphat. Alarmed. Some versions said afraid. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Now, let's stop here for a minute. Too often, when we are faced with adversities in life, we do the wrong thing. Some people tend to run and hide. Others tend to go headstrong forward and face the battle, but very few stop to seek the Lord. Now, that might sound too simple, but that is the key to victory. No matter what you're confronted with, no matter what the odds are against you, don't be afraid to stop and say, Lord, I need to seek your face because in this situation, I need to know what to do. Many times we think we know because the problem appears to be similar to something we've had before. Listen. You never take for granted that you think you know. 
Never be afraid to stop and say, I need to seek the Lord. One of the problems that ministers encounter in the ministry is they are tempted to think they always have to have an answer for everyone. I've learned of late, it's best to say, right now, I don't know, but I will pray. And say, Lord, you know what? These people need an answer to this situation, but I need to hear from you first before I talk to them. Oh, well, wait a minute. Aren't you supposed to always have the word of the Lord in your mouth? Oh, yes. But I don't always have to have an answer for you. Many times what might best happen is, let us seek the Lord together. Listen, your problem won't go away. It'll be there. Just take time to seek God. But I want an answer now. Well, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes God wants to test your faith and try you and take time to hear your voice to him so that then in time you will hear his voice to you. I have yet to see people take time with God that in time they always hear from God. So Jehoshaphat, had a very human reaction. He was alarmed. Oh, Lord, look what's come upon me. This pro You don't think for a minute that God didn't know about this army coming against him? God saw the odds were against him. God saw the problem. God saw everything. He could have sent a dust storm and blinded all the enemies, but he didn't. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons that God does what he does. One of them is so that in the end, all the honor and all the glory will be for his name and his name only. So Jehoshaphat has a very human reaction. He was afraid. Many people think that to be afraid is cowardly. Oh, no. No, that sometimes could be the salvation of your life. Because in your fear... If you do what Jehoshaphat did, he resolved. In other words, there could have very well have been a battle. What do I do? Now listen, remember this. Jehoshaphat knew what it was to be at war. He, he, he was a man of war. He had been to battle before. But he didn't look at it and say, oh, this is just another fight. You know what? We're going to get it on and we're going to take him out. He resolved to inquire of the Lord. You will find that Samuel and David... On many occasions, no, David, what do we do? Do we go or do we stay? Do we fight or don't we fight? They took time to seek God. But not only that, he got all the people together. Now, this is the next thing we need to see in the midst of trouble. Let's look at verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, this is important. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule. You rule. Many times you walk into a complex of offices and whatnot, and you have a question, who's in charge here? Well, he is. That's the manager. You see, manager, supervisor, CEO. No, I don't want them. I want to know who's ruling. Who's over all? And my Bible tells me he who comes from above is above all. Hallelujah. In the beginning was God. Guess what? It's still God. And it will always be God after you and I have gone 
every king and kingdom has gone, God will still be around. You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands. But then you continue reading your, his prayer, and you will be encouraged to know this man knew God. He knew God because evidently it was his custom. In fact, if you look just a page over... The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because in his early years, he walked in the ways of his father, in the, in the ways that his father David had followed. He did not consult the Baals, but sought the God of his fathers and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. He was a man who was accustomed to seeking God. Do you know that there are people who only seek God when it comes time to come to church? And it was well said this morning, every one of you who are here this morning should be here Tuesday night. There's, there, there's a battle that has to take place. You think it's going to be by a vote that things are going to change in this world? Oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be on our knees that we've got to protest before the throne of God and see things begin to change. And prayer, yeah, but we're only about 30, 40 people. Listen, it doesn't matter. It, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not whether there's a few or a lot. It's where the few are who will say, Lord, you rule. Therefore, we in faith will pray and call upon your name. And we can see things change in this city, in this town, in this nation, in this country, and in this world. If enough people pray and believe, they will see the tide turn. They will see the tide turn. But let's go on a bit more because it gets better. Now, we come down to verse 12 because when you go home, you, before you eat your meat and your raviolis and potatoes or rice or whatever it is you want to make, just read his prayer. And in verse 12, he goes on to say, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And this is one of my favorite phrases in the entire Bible. We do not know what to do. Isn't that amazing? We do not know what to do. Oh, Lord, thank you for Jehoshaphat, who was honest enough to say and admit we don't know what to do. So what do you do when you don't know what to do, but you know you need to do something? All of a sudden, it's like one wave of trouble after another. If it isn't the children, it's the relatives. If it aren't the relatives, it's the in-laws. If it isn't the in-laws, it's the outlaws. If it isn't the job, it's the finances. If it isn't the finances, it's your health. If it isn't your health, it's the neighbor's dog leaking all over your leaves. If it isn't your neighbor's dog, it's the cat. If it isn't the cat, it's the car. If it isn't the car, your hair is falling out. If it isn't that your hair is falling out, your heart isn't working right. We don't know what to do. I remember, and this is the truth before God, when I was still living in Brooklyn many, many, many years ago, <clears throat> I was driving by a cemetery on my way. I don't remember where. And one of the oldest cemeteries, and I said, boy, a lot of people have died and gone on into eternity. And I'm listening to this old country preacher who was talking a good word from the Lord. He said, you know what? Those of you who are hearing me, 
I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. How apropos, I'm here right by a cemetery. This guy feels he's going to die. He says, I have so many problems that if something happens to me today, two weeks will go by before I'll have time to think about it. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? And in the age in which we live, it seems like that the problems come FedEx. They're at your doorstep the next morning. If you've ever been out in the ocean and tried to swim in the waves and you gulp half a gulp, uh, half a wave down, you try to come up uh, and you got another wave over you and another and another and another. That's how sometimes life can treat us. We don't get a chance to breathe. So what do you do when you don't know what to do, but you know you need to do something? He resolved to seek the Lord and say, Lord, now you tell me, what do we do? Because we've got a problem. We've got a problem. Now, please, you can tell me I can't help you. And I would readily admit I probably cannot, but I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. You either trust him or you don't. There is no gray area with God. It's either all in or all out. I would rather put all my trust in the one who put the stars in place and named them by name, and the stars are still there, than in someone who promises you something if you send them enough of your money. Have you ever seen how, how you know how they advertise in Jewel or, or in Dominic's special sale this week, three for a dollar, ten for a dollar, whatever? Now that corn, I mean, we live in the midst of cornfields, that where we are. Corn is growing up pretty soon. Those things will be laden with ears of corn, and there'll be those sales, six for a dollar, ten for a dollar. That's how some of these, uh, the, 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 these religious charlatans on TV are. Special sale this week. We got major blessings, five for a hundred dollars. Send us five hundred dollars, we'll guarantee you twelve blessings. Bunch of hucksters. You want blessing? Obey God. Obey his word. Seek his face, and he will bless you with all spiritual blessing. It is a sin to sell God's blessing. So don't buy him. You have money to give? Give to the house of the Lord. Give to God. Well, aren't we giving to God when we give to them? No, you're not. You're making them fat and rich. Give to the house of the Lord. Give to, if they come and pick you up in their private corporate jet to take you around, then I would say maybe. But until that happens, bring your tithes and offerings to the house of God. I remember, and I'm going to say it, one woman many, many years ago passed on. Her daughter said she wants you to have everything that she left after they cleaned out what they wanted. When we went in, every trinket... Offered on television, every bottle of oil, every anointed cloth, every album, every annotated Bible with new thoughts from God. Every, it must have cost her, if 5000 I would say $10,000 over the course of I don't know how many years. Send it in. We got this special and this special. How come I have to preach for free? Whoever said that, now you give me $20 at the end of this service. 
What do we do? I don't know what to do. How encouraged I get from that because you know what that does? It humbles me and causes me to know, God, I need you. But look at what he said in verse 12. We have no power to face this, face this vast army. Do you remember when Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong? How do you translate that? Quite simply like this. As long as you feel you know, you will not depend on God. When you come to the realization, I cannot, you will then seek the Lord. This has been hammered home with me. We live with our, our, our youngest daughter who has the youngest of our nine grandchildren. His, little na his name is Aaron. He is a trip and a half. He is now at that stage in life, I know, I know, I know, I do, I do, I do. He wants to open the door. He wants to close the door. He wants to throw everything in the garbage. He wants to close the door. He wants to do it. I know, I do, I do, I know. The other day, I was trying to take care of this little fella out on the backyard. We had, there's a deck there. And he got a basketball and throwing it over the railing. But then he decided to climb up on the railing and see how high he could pull himself. I said, Aaron, don't do that. I do it. I know. I said, Aaron, stop. You can't. I said, I, I said, Aaron, will you stop it? Gets off the railing, looks at me and points his finger and says, you're mean. <laughs> you're mean. But you don't know you're going to. You're mean. And I won't tell you what happened after that because I want to finish preaching this morning. You want to know what happened after that talk to my wife? That made me understand something. Even to take care of this little kid, I need God's grace and wisdom how to get around it. My wife came out and said, Aaron, don't do that. Come over here. And it was like a magic wand. The kid ran to Grandma. Grandma picked him up. He looked at me as if to say, now yell at me. <laughs> what do you do when you don't know what to do, but you know you need to do something? Listen, people, I make light of nobody's problems. I make light of nobody's problems. Only God knows how many tears you cried last night, knowing you would have to face another day, and perhaps how many more tears you'll cry tonight knowing that tomorrow when you wake up, that problem might be bigger than it is today. I wonder how many burdens are weighing on shoulders this morning. And you inside you're saying, Lord, I, I don't know how much longer I can hold on. We've been there. We understand. We know. And out of all of that, I've come to this one conclusion. When we are weak in ourselves. When we come to the understanding, you know what, God, I, I, can't, I can't resolve this, and I'm going to give up trying. But I'm going to run to you and humble myself and ask for mercy. Do you remember when Moses stood at the Red Sea? How do you cross a Red Sea? There was no ferry system. There were no pontoons from the army waiting. There was no boat ready to carry millions of people across. 
it was a raging Red Sea. And not only that, you had a bunch of grumpy, complaining people in the background. Why did you bring us here? Should have left us in Egypt. This is not... And beyond that, a raging army ready to come back and destroy them all. But there was something many times we forget to see. God had Moses' back. Where? The pillar of fire that was there. That cloud that let Moses know, I'm here. I'm here. And the raging army could go no farther than that line in the sand that God drew. Let me tell you something, people. No matter what you go through, before you get there, God arrived. When you get there, he's got your back. I will never leave you, he says to us in the book of Hebrews. I will never forsake you. That must be stressed in your thinking, in your theology, in your breathing, in your prayer, in every moment of your life. God is with me no matter what. People will drop us. People will abandon us. That's life. God does not know how to do that. Is it any wonder that when Jehoshaphat determined and resolved to seek the Lord, he heard from God? Yeah, well, I pray and I don't hear anything. You got Q-tips at home? Many times we don't hear because we already have a preconceived idea of what we want God to say to us doesn't work that way. God is not one of those two-minute meals you put in the microwave, and when you hear ding, ding, it's time to eat. Many times it's, here I am, Lord. It might be a day. It might be a week. I don't know the years. Pastor Jim Simbola's mother prayed for her husband, who was a hopeless alcoholic. I know of at least 25 years. 25 years. Lost his job as an engineer for General Electric. Lost his health. Would beat her brutally. I'd have to run to the house because I was closer to try to intervene. And this woman kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. And you know what? The more she prayed, the worse this man got. He had more liquor in his basement than you find on a, in a bar. Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of hard liquor. But she prayed. And she prayed. And she prayed. And she prayed. And she prayed. How many Tuesday nights? Pastor Sybil and I would be on our knees by each other. My father, Lord, my father. I don't know how much longer, but you got to give grace. You got to help. You got to save that man. Either take him or set him free. Years went by. One day... His mother calls frantic, Jim, 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 you better get over here. I don't know what's happening to your father. What, what? He's in the basement. All I hear are bottles crashing all over the place. He ran over there. As soon as he opened the door to the basement, if he would have lit a match, it would have blown up the house. He was emptying every bottle of liquor into the slop sink and throwing the empty bottles into trash cans. He said, Dad, what happened? He said, well, I don't need this stuff anymore. I don't need this liquor anymore. Something happened to me this morning that I don't need this anymore. And from that day on, he never touched another drop of liquor 
From that day on, if there were 10 services, he wanted 12. And he was in every single service that took place. Whether it was youth, whether it was choir, it didn't matter. He was in church. And he began to bless the work of the Lord with the wealth that he had accumulated. He wasn't a multimillionaire or anything like that. He was a smart investor. He said, the work of the Lord, the work of the Lord. Never touched another drop of liquor. I'm telling you people, when you don't know what to do, but you know you need to do something, determine to inquire of the Lord. When we think of Joseph, this man given to dreams that were given to him by God, now he's in prison in a strange land, sold by his own family. What'd he do? He kept doing what God called him to do, giving the word of the Lord to those who needed it. And the Bible says, and God was with him. God was with him. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, bow down to the statue of the king and worship. No. Nope. You're a prisoner. You have no choice. Nope. Come on. We won't say anything then. Just bow down. Make, make like you're scratching your toenails or something. Make believe. Nope. We won't tell him. Nope. But guess what? If you don't, you're going to go into a furnace. Fine. But I don't want to burn. Fine. Look, it won't take much. No. We will not do it. Then in the furnace, so be it. Now, you, you might say, well, <laughs> do you think God would have really, really gotten angry at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if as they were at the elven's door, they would have said, all right, all right, all right, all right, one more chance, we'll do it. Yeah, he would have gotten angry. But you know what? They resolved, we're going to seek God, we're going to obey God, and we're going to worship God and God alone. Then you're going to burn, so be it. And even the guards who had heated the furnace seven times hotter than usual died, the Bible says, as they opened the door. They died because of the intense heat. And yet these three boys were placed in. You talk about a tanning salon. <laughs> they were placed in there. The ropes burned off. And those on the outside who did not die began to count one, two, three, no, let's start over. One, two, three. Do you see what I see? Four. The fourth one, the Bible says, was like unto the Son of God. Moses, don't worry about it. I got your back. I'm right here. But I'll also take care of the waters in front of you. Just stretch forth that rod. That rod? No, that was God. Joseph, don't worry about it. I'm with you. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come on in. I'm already in here. I got it all taken care of. The temperature in here is just fine. Come on in. So wherever it is you face life, determine to seek the Lord. I don't know what God is going to tell you or how he's going to resolve your situation. It was pretty strange what God told Jehoshaphat to do. Now, many times, you, well, if I pray hard enough, I won't have to face the troubles. Oh, not true. Not true. 
Because then God said to Jehoshaphat, okay, now go to battle. You would think God would have said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. God was going to take care of it, but God also said, now go into battle. But don't do it like you normally do it. This time, send the singers first. Keep all the soldiers in the background, send the singers first. That's what was happening here this morning. We've been singing the same course for the past 27 years. But you know what I sensed? God was pleased. Because we were worshiping Jesus with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, with all our mind. I finally found a church where I know the courses. <laughs> the past three years I've been sitting in churches. I don't know the words. I need an oxygen tank to sing some of these courses. There's so many words to them. But here I'm worshiping. I felt good. I sensed God here. Even Brandon was, but he was singing with me. I felt good. I think I heard Bobby grumble behind. Oh, that was Bobby Sr. But guess what? God said, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to face the problem, but you're going to face it my way. And the Bible says as they began to sing. Now, there is something you should learn to do in the midst of trouble. Sing. But well, what is singing going to do? God inhabits, the Bible says, the praises of his people. I've been married to my wife going on 44 years. 44 years. And for most of those years, I've been home in the morning. And there is yet to be a morning that my wife doesn't get out of bed singing and praising and worshiping. Comes out of the room, just worshiping God, singing, worshiping, lifting up the name of Jesus. Comes to the kitchen, singing, worshiping, praising Jesus. During the day, singing, worshiping, praising Jesus. Is there ever a time that she doesn't? None of your business. <laughs> but God said to Jehoshaphat, you're going to face your problems. You're going to face the enemy but it's going to be my way. Was it any wonder that the results were the way they were supposed to be? When the enemy hears the singer singing, God sent confusion among them, and they began to shoot each other, and they began to kill each other. Why? Because when you praise God, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. Many times we succumb to our own, oh, <laughs> Turn your weeping into joy and honor the name of the Lord. Listen, folks, complaining won't make the problem go away any quicker, but worshiping just might give you the energy and the grace to see victory come in. Now, what have you brought to the house of the Lord this morning? What problem? I don't mean... Imaginary, I mean the real ones. And you're afraid. Good thing. Now that you're afraid, let's do what Jehoshaphat did. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to seek the Lord because the only answer is going to come from heaven itself. God might give you one word and might give you another word and you another word. God knows how to handle every situation, but the principles are the same. Seek the Lord while he may be found. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we've been here Sunday morning. I don't have to come Tuesday night. I would suggest you do come Tuesday night because there's a lot to be done here. There's a lot of praying to be done. And when you come through the door, don't wait for somebody to tell you what to do. Just begin to worship God. Begin to create an atmosphere so that God can descend and he inhabits the praises of his people. The pastor will not get bent out of shape if you begin to worship well, doesn't he have to preach? No, he doesn't. But we do need to praise and worship and give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in that moment that God will give victory. Stand with me, please.